0: Jesus. He's the one you can go to, isn't he? No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're dealing, he's the one we can go to in hope. He's the one we can go to in joy. He's the one we can go to in confidence. But this world we live in, it's filled with many terrors, many trials, many troubles. It's filled with many things that make us afraid. Fear is very real. But did you know that fear is a sin? To be afraid is a sin. Why? Why might it be a sin to be afraid? Well, it's very simple. Jesus commanded us to not be afraid. And if Jesus would give us a commandment, then to disobey that commandment would be a sin. It is unbelief, which is really the reason for fear. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. He said in John chapter 14, let not your heart be troubled, neither Let it be afraid. It's a command. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Well, not only did Jesus give us this commandment, but he also told us why we need not fear. And that is, he promised his peace. He said, peace I give you. Not as the world giveth, give I you, Peace that passeth understanding. And then he made the command that our hearts be not troubled, neither let us be afraid. This morning, I'd like to look at the subject in the Bible of fear and how it relates to faith. Fear and faith and an incredible illustration as presented for us in the Old Testament, in the days of Elisha. And I'd like to draw a picture for you. But before I draw that picture, I'm going to close this piano because I don't want the piano full of chalk dust. If this works conveniently, let's see. It won't be convenient. (laughs) There we go. I've said that fear... Is a sin. And it's a sin because Jesus commanded us to not be afraid. Well, how does that interrelate with faith? Well, there are two important verses connecting faith and fear. The one is in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 2. It says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. So here you can hear in this verse that when we are trusting, then we have no reason to be afraid. So faith is the prevention medicine, you might say, to fear. But sometimes we fail, don't we? We um, find ourselves in unbelief. We find ourselves afraid. And so when we find ourselves afraid, what should we do? Well, the answer is exactly the same. Because in the book of Psalms, it tells us this. The psalmist is writing and he declares, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Trust in God. And so, I've told you that fear is a sin, and it is. And the way to prevent from being afraid is to trust God. But many of us are filled with unbelief, aren't we? And so when we find ourselves afraid, don't wallow in failure, but rather belief. And that will deliver you from the fear. You see, sometimes we talk about faith. And um, in our world, it's a, it's a popular little phrase. But um, many times, people don't know the significance of faith. You see, what makes faith so incredible is who the faith is in. You see, I could just say, have faith, believe. And that really wouldn't mean a lot. What makes it significant is who your faith is in. When our faith is in God, then we can have hope. If our faith is in our own brilliance, our own wisdom, even in some cases in very smart and helpful people, it is not as good or is dreadfully incomplete unless God is the key and centerpiece of our faith. So, this morning, do you have faith? Have you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ? You see, it's in him that we have life everlasting. It's in him that we have hope. And when we have believed in him and have this hope, then the words of Jesus are true for us. Peace I give you, not as the world giveth, give I you, but peace, real peace, so that our hearts need not be troubled. It's all about who our faith is in. If we go back into the Old Testament, we find some illustrations of people who had good reason, or you might think good reason, to be afraid. And this morning, I'd like to look at one of those. It occurs in the days of Of Elisha you remember a few weeks ago we learned about Naaman well who was Naaman he was a Syrian general and he was one of those generals who was commonly going and raiding the uh, in the nation of Israel and uh, you remember he actually in one of those raids that he brought back A little um, maid for his wife. Well these little raids were actually quite common. You see we have Syria up to the north, we have Israel, two kingdoms. Syria had been sending little bands, raiding parties into Israel and attacking small towns and villages Houses, fields, farms, stealing and ravaging and taking away slaves. It had been going on for some time. But something happened once. You see, the king of Syria began to make his plans. And um, he would tell his men that in such and such a place, we will go. In such and such a place... Our bands will be. But there was a problem. Because when he would make these plans and declare that in such and such a place we'll be and we'll go and we will lay in wait for the armies of Israel, it was in those very situations that Elisha would send a message to the king of Israel. And he would say to him, Beware, beware that thou goest not to such and such a place, for it is there that the king of Syria lays in wait for you. Well, this happened once. This happened twice. This happened three times It was no coincidence that Israel knew exactly where the Syrian army was lying in wait for them. And it caused the king of Syria to be suspicious. He became very suspicious of his own people. And he says to them, there is one of us who is on the side of the king of Israel. He was furious. This was no coincidence. This was indeed a traitor in their midst. Or so he thought. And so, when he had called together his people, he was determined to find out who was the traitor. But as he began to ask questions, to research and to discover who the traitor was, One of his men said to him, My lord, O king, it it is none of us. For it is Elisha. Elisha, the prophet of the Lord, who is in Samaria. Now, when the king of Syria heard this, he was furious. He was furious. And so he decided to appoint and to send spies to find out where Elisha was at. Now, this is kind of funny. The king of Syria wants to find Elisha. And Elisha is the guy who has been telling the king of Israel all of his well, how does Elisha know these plans? Well, it's because God has been telling Elisha the plans of the king of Syria. And the king of Syria doesn't recognize Elisha's God. He just knows that his plans are being Now, there's a lesson here for all of us. Be careful what you say, and be careful where you say it. There is a proverb that tells us that we curse not the king, no, not in thy thought, and curse not the rich in thy bedchamber, the most private place in your house. Why? For the proverb says on, For a bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. That's not talking about Twitter. No, it's talking about the fact that when you speak, things get out. Rumors get out. It spreads. Be careful what you say, even when you think you're all alone. But you know there's another reason why it is very, very, very important to be careful what we say. It is in a psalm, Psalm 139, in verses one through four, it's a prayer that goes like this O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off, for there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. You know what that means? The most important reason why we need to be careful what we say is because God hears everything. And God knows everything. In this case here, it is the military battle plans of the Syrians. And God has conveyed those back to Elisha. And Elisha has communicated them to his majesty the king of Israel. Well, so there's this plan. The king of Syria. Let's find Elisha. And so he gets his CIA on it. He gets his secret service, Mossad, whatever you want to call him, looking for Elisha. I think this is actually kind of funny because... Here he is looking for a guy who knows what he plans he makes in his bedchamber. And he's going to find him. Well, you know, it didn't take them very long to find Elisha. My theory is they actually probably already knew where Elisha was. That's the reason why they were able to say to him, it's Elisha who is the one telling the king of Israel All of your plans. So it is told the king of Syria that it is Elisha. And it is said that Elisha is in the city of Dothan. Now, Dothan is a small town. Oh, you remember it. It was um, a town that, you remember when Joseph was going and looking for his brothers? He came to the town of Dothan. And that's where he was able to get the directions to where his brothers were. But it wasn't a very big town. It was just a wee little town. And so, the news has come. The information has been given to the king of Syria that he is in Dothan. And so, the king of Syria makes a plan. Aha, he's in Dothan. I'm gonna get rid of this pesky little spy who's telling the king all of my plans. Okay, he's gonna get rid of them. And so he makes a plan. He says to his soldiers, We're going to send a band, and this band is going to go to Dothan, and he's gonna go by night. The band's gonna go by night because. We're going to surprise this spy who knows all my plans. I find that funny, don't you? We're going to surprise the spy who knows all our plans. So here's our plan. We're going to sneak to Dothan at night. And we're going to find this spy, this pesky Elisha and we're going to take care of him. We're going to get rid of this spy. We're going to get rid of Elisha. We're going to capture him. We're going to bring him back. Hey, I wonder if they thought this. Maybe we'll turn him into a double agent. I don't know if that was their plan or not. But they were determined that they were going to catch Elisha. And so, they begin to go forward in making their plans. You know, who was it that actually knew all of the king of Syria's plans? Yes, it was God who actually knew all the plans. And you know what? He knew these plans, too. God wasn't surprised by them, either. He knew what was going on. He knew exactly what was going on. Which is another lesson for us. In Psalm 121, it tells us this. Behold, he that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. Did you hear that? He that keepeth Israel, now keep speaks of keeping them safe, and he that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. Now you tell me, the best, the best guard, the best, most highly trained Navy SEAL or Green Beret, do they still have to sleep? Yeah. So who is this? Who is this that neither slumbers nor sleeps? Well, it's the Lord. It's God. God. And so this night, as the Syrians are coming, they got the plan, we're going to catch, we're going to catch Elisha off guard. We're going to catch him, and we're going to, we're going to take him as our prisoner. But you know, the one who keeps Israel, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. And so in this night as Elisha is sleeping, as the town of Dothan is sleeping, as the king of Syria is maybe sleeping, God is wide awake, and he is keeping track of everything that's going on. And you know what? He's not doing nothing. He has a plan. Now, you tell me, if you knew these plans of the Syrians, would you be afraid? Hmm? I, th- I, think, I think I might be afraid. I mean, here we have a raiding party coming to Dothan. And, and Dothan isn't like Samaria. That great fortified city. Dothan's just a teeny little town. A teeny little town that a raiding party could just easily break right in and do what they wanted. (laughs) That's kind of disturbing. The raiding party can just come right on into our town? So they have reason to be afraid. Well, come with me to Dothan. And that night, the, um, the army surrounds Dothan, all ready to come. And they're going to come to get this guy right here. They're coming for Elisha. Now, Elisha... He has a servant. It's probably not Gehazi at this time. Gehazi is likely by this time been disqualified and a leper and no longer ministering with Elisha. But on this particular morning, quiet morning, the servant of Elisha gets up and he goes to begin the day, to begin serving Elisha. Be going, going about. Thing. Maybe, maybe he was going up onto the rooftop to get some water out of the rain pail. I don't know what he was doing. But as he got up, he saw this great host surrounding the little town of Dothan. And he was terrified. He cried out to Elisha, Alas, alas, what shall we do? But you know what? Elisha, um, he he didn't seem to be all that afraid. Um, In fact, he wasn't afraid at all. Why? Why wasn't Elisha? Afraid. There's there's an entire army surrounding this town of Dothan. And yet, Elisha is perfectly calm. Well, the servant is horrified. And he asks this question: Alas, my master, how shall we do? How shall we do? He knows for a fact that there's no hope that even the people in the town of Dothan are going to just turn them right over to the Syrians. They're not going to risk it. It's likely that the servant knows that it's for this very reason. Well, there on that morning, as the sun was just coming up, Elisha and his servant are there. And Elisha says to his servant, he says, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. I wonder what that servant thought. Wait a minute, Elisha. There's you and there's me. I'm confident the rest of the town of Dothan is going to turn against us to save their own skin. There's more with us. And besides, there's more of them than all the town of Dothan. Now, I don't know if this is what was going through this servant's mind. But if you were to just use your eyes that day and count them, you would think that Elisha was crazy. Fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Well, as Elisha saw his servant struggling with accepting this reality, Elisha prayed a prayer, a very special prayer, that God would open, that God would open the eyes of his servant. This is what he prayed. He prayed, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see see what? Well, you know what? God did open the eyes of that servant of Elisha. And Elisha looked. And in all of the mountains around Dothan, there were horsemen and chariots of fire. There was an angelic host, an angelic army surrounding Dothan ready in a moment to deliver Elisha, if so need be. God opened his eyes to see into the spiritual world, into the world of the angels, for angels were surrounding this city. God was there, and God had sent his angels and given them charge in protecting Elisha, and so on this day, Elisha and his servant had nothing at all to fear because God was there with them. This is incredible. I don't think that Elisha could actually see the host of the fiery angels. With his human physical eyes, he couldn't see. He could see them in faith, but don't believe he could see them with his eyes. He knew they were there, though. He believed what God had said. God has made promises regarding this, and that's how we know that Elisha knew this for a fact. In fact, it tells us regarding angels that they are all ministering spirits sent forth to minister them who shall be heirs of salvation. That's in Hebrews chapter 1. That's a promise given to us. Now, Elisha would have had Psalm 34, verse 7. And you know what Psalm 34, verse 7 says? The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and he delivereth them. And so Elisha knew that the Lord, the angel of the Lord, was encamped round about them. And so he could say to his servant, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God is with us. And the host of angels are with us. And on that day, God showed to this servant his physical eyes what only faith could see before. This is amazing. This is incredible. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, the question is asked, if God before us, who can be against us? Can the Syrian army? Can the pestilence? Can disease? Can trouble? Can enemies? Who can be against us? I could think of a lot of things. I, I, I could think of, um, of, of wild beasts, and, and I could think of death. I could think of demons. Our, those principalities and powers, those authorities, those governments that are oppressive and regimes that torture. But in that very same chapter, of Romans 8, verse 31, when the question is asked, if God before us, who can be against us? He goes on to say in verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate us from his love. And so when Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid, and he gives us that command. It comes with the incredible guarantee of his love and the incredible guarantee of peace. For he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. First John 4, 4 declares, ye are of God, little children. Little children sometimes are afraid of lots of things, aren't they? But you know that in God's eyes, all of us are like little children? And we're prone to be afraid. But when we realize that we are of God as little children, we have overcome. We've overcome them because greater is he, the scripture says, that is in you than he that is in the world. This morning, are you afraid? Have Faith in God. As the psalmist says, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. What is trust? Trust is faith. Trust is believing God and believing his guaranteed promises. The famous verse in Hebrews chapter 11 declares, now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. This morning, you do not need God to open your eyes to show you the heavenly host surrounding you, those ministering spirits. But today in faith, you can believe God that they're there and that he is there. And you can rest assured that you can trust in God and not be afraid. This was a very special day, I'm sure, for Elisha's servant as he was able to see that day, that heavenly host. Today, you may not see a heavenly host, but you may have fears in your heart. Trust God. Trust Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. This morning... You will not have peace if the Lord is not your salvation. Do you have a relationship with God? A relationship with Him? You know, sin causes us to be at enmity with God. That means make us and God enemies. But Jesus came to this earth, the eternal Son of God, and He died on the cross for those sins so that they could be washed away. So that though our skins be red like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Jesus died on the cross so that your sins could be forgiven, so that you would have no reason to be afraid, afraid of judgment for sin, or afraid of anything else. This morning, have you trusted in him? If not, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ Today. Because he is alive and he is the one who will give you peace. Not just peace someday when you die and go to heaven. But peace right now. Even in the midst of being oppressed. And so what happens on this day? What happens on this day when Elisha and his servant see the city of Dothan all surrounded? And... Um, They see the city of Dothan surrounded. And they see the angelic host. What will happen? Well, you'll have to come to Bible Hour in two weeks to find out. And I say that all the time, don't I? Or keep reading in 2 Kings chapter 6. As you see Elisha and his servant begin to engage with the enemy... And in an an incredible way that is totally contrary to what you might expect. It's an incredible account of Elisha following and doing things, not the normal human way, but God's way. Great God, we give thanks to you for your love for us. We give thanks today that you care about us and that you love us and that you are providing for us and caring for us in all things. Lord, this day those who are fearful, may they trust in you. And all of us who are tempted to be afraid, are tempted to leave your peace and to wallow in fear, may we trust in you for you give peace and lord jesus we thank you that you give peace we thank you that you are one upon whom we can trust one upon whom we can hope one upon whom we can have joy and so lord we commit ourselves to you now we pray in jesus name amen